The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. That's right. I don't know wherever you are, whatever you are doing. Thanks for joining the program today. As usual, we got a great program slated for you. I have to start off by saying this. There's a good friend of mine, Jeff Hauser. We talk all the time. And we had a conversation last night. I called him, just kind of touched base with him, see how he was doing. Jeff is a very good guy. And he asked me, he said, well, Nick, are you watching Nashville? And I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm saying, well, I know all the NBA teams. And I know these, there's not a team in Nashville that's named Nashville. So I said, well, 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 Jeff, are you talking about Tennessee Titans or whatever because it's not football season? He's like, no, I'm talking about Nashville the show. I'm like, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Let's, let's backtrack for a second. You, you're asking me if I'm watching Nashville, not, not a basketball team, not a baseball team or a football franchise, but you're asking me, am I watching Nashville, the country show? Now, I mean, I, I have my vices. Don't, don't get me wrong. I have, I have my uh, uh, vices that I indulge in every now and once in a while. Let's call them uh, guilty pleasures. Uh, but that's not one of them, and I said, well, why are you watching that show? He blames it on his, his girlfriend. He said he's watching the show because of her. Now, 10 seconds later, she must have catch wind of this sitting right next to him on Twitter, of course, and she says, wait a minute, Nick, that's entirely wrong. It wasn't my idea. It was Jeff's idea. He wanted to sit down and watch Nashville. Now, now Jeff, you know, it's, it's okay if you want to watch Nashville. It's perfectly okay. Like I said, I have my guilty pleasures. Every once in a while, I'll sit down. And here's a fun fact for uh, today. I sit down and I watch Dancing with the Stars. Now, what other show could you watch, possibly watch, to see people that are not in their element, that are trying to dance for the first time and it's quite hilarious when you watch these individuals uh, get out there. You see Drew Carey one year, Master P was on the show, and boy, was he terrible. So I get, I get a chance to watch it, and I get to see great dancing, but I get entertainment. It's the entertainment that I look for. It is comedy. It is so much comedy. So uh, send your um, tweets to me at NickFerguson underscore 25 and Hashtag guilty pleasures and tell me what your guilty pleasures are. And also, hashtag what do we do in the name of love? I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Like I said, I mean, there was been, there's been some uh, hot button topics trending all week uh, around sports. And I think the biggest one has been what's taking place with the Philadelphia Eagles and Deshaun Jackson 
And, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but when I look at this situation both uh, from a player standpoint and I look at it from an organization standpoint, but, but here's the, the, the third injection into that. I want to look at it from a standpoint of saying, okay, uh, African-American kid growing up in an inner city environment. Let's kind of talk about that uh, for, for a second. When you grow up in that type of environment, uh, there is a certain uh, quality that comes along with it. And people always talk about street cred, the neighborhood, and what have you. But when you get to a certain status of leaving the neighborhood and you go play big-time college football or you play in the NFL, I mean, you kind of like bigging up your hood, you know, as is often said, and you raise the value of that community because they say, well, here's one of our own who finally had a chance to overcome all this adversity, drugs, gang, whatever, to try to make something great of himself. But here's the downside of that, which I don't think college coaches, the NCAA or the NFL ever takes in consideration. When you get to that plateau, whether it's college football, basketball or whatever, or the NFL, it's like at some point mom is still living in the hood. So you have to go back. And they have this thing called ghetto pass. Now, not too many people understand that. And, and it's kind of a, you know, a cultural thing. And I'm not saying that I agree with it, but once again, I understand it. Now, when you go back, it's those same guys you might have grew up with on the corner or might not. So they're looking at you like you're a meal ticket. So when you come back, someone's asking you, hey, man, I know you made it. Can, can, can you spot me? $5. You know, you give them $5 and then next time you come back, it's $20. Can you, can you spot me a C note? And a C note is a $100 bill. Now, when you don't do that, now they're saying, wait a minute, you, you think you are better than we are? Wait a minute, don't forget where you come from. And, and that's one of the big issues. Guys are constantly in this trap of, of being forced not to forget where they come from and being constantly re- reminded of where they come from. So, so we can all sit back and uh, uh, plush jobs and, you know, our, our foreign cars or our big office, offices, you know, with the corner window, and we can, we can judge. But first, before we start to judge, let's go and look inside of what it's like to be in someone else's shoes. So let's... Let's not, let's not judge. Now, don't get me wrong. Once again, I'm not saying or condoning any kind of affiliation in any way. But I would just want to let you understand what happens with these, these players. I mean, I grew up in Miami, right? And I grew up in the rough part of Miami. And I've seen a lot. And what happens is some of the drug dealers or gang members, they take to a certain school or a certain athlete. Now, some of them, they make money off of this athlete by gambling, you know, throughout games, whether who's going to get the first tip off in basketball, who's going to score the first touchdown, is a guy going to make all state, is he going to make all day that way. But most of these guys, they try to look after that particular player, known as though he might be that only shining star that comes out of that neighborhood. So sometimes they try to keep him away from gang activity. They say, listen, you're the only one going to make it out of here. So we want to make sure that we keep you on a straight and narrow, right? 
And as a young kid, it's like th that is your covenant. That's your family. That is your protection. So now you feel compelled like you owe them something. And when you look at Deshaun Jackson, th there was a, a game where he played against the Washington Redskins, and he was playing, uh, uh, and D'Angelo Hall was covering him. He caught a pass, and he threw up what some say was a gang sign. Or whatever. We, we still don't know what it was, but some say said that it was a gang sign. Now, when you talk to D'Angelo Hall now, you ask him about that, he said it's, it's no big deal. And they welcomed him into the fold in Washington like he was one of their own. He, he, he's their brother. And D'Angelo Hall said, well, I'm going to bring him into the fold. And I'm going to bring him and put him under my wing. And the first time I heard that, I kind of laughed because I was like, D'Angelo Hall is going to bring someone in with his kind of uh, pass, like on and off the field, and try to uh, uh, put them under his wing. But as I would like to say something uh, uh, negative about that, I have nothing negative to say about it. Only, only positive or positivity can come out of that. Here's a guy that realized that when he came in the league, he was really flamboyant. He was in Atlanta. He came from Virginia Tech. So he was highly touted. And he wanted to live the life of an NFL player, but also live in the shadow of Deion Sanders. Now, there'll never be another Deion Sanders. Let's go ahead and get that straight. But D'Angelo realized the error in his ways, and he's trying to help another young man who's now being frowned upon by people in his you know, environment. So I applaud D'Angelo Hall for bringing him into the fold. And it's, it sets up a, a nice thing for the season. That's one thing that happens. If you play long enough in the NFL, you'll get a chance to play against coaches, GMs, scouts, who might have some, somehow along the way looked past you. So this is setting up nicely. So expect a prime time, either Monday night game or Sunday night game with the Eagles and the Redskins who face one another twice in the season and, and book this now. We know Deshaun Jackson was going to be ready when he faced that team. Every player, when you move on past a team, they circle the calendar. And that would be something that circled on the calendar. And, and, and here's another thing for D'Angelo Hall. I think it was wise of him to try to get, get Deshaun Jackson to come to the Washington Redskins. If, if there was someone that was that much of a nuisance to you playing across the field from you, hey, if, if you can't beat him, get him to join you. So that's what D'Angelo Hall did. But when you look at the Washington Redskins moving forward, it, it makes for a, a very offensively structured team. Uh, First-year coach Jay Gruden, I mean, he loves the vertical passing game. And with maybe a healthy RG3, now we're talking about the Washington Redskins that, once again, can possibly win that division. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're the front runner to win that division and they're going to win it outright. A lot of things can happen. This was an NFC East that we saw last year that – you know, fell apart. We saw, you know, Dallas once again miss the playoffs. So uh, this is probably one of the worst uh, divisions in professional football. But take a listen to this. Okay, now you have Pierre Garçon opposite Deshaun Jackson. And then you add uh, Andre Roberts from Arizona. Then you bring back the veteran, the savvy veteran, Santana Moss. 
Now you match that with a healthy RG3, and now you have Jordan Reed at the tight end position and Alfred Morrison. Now, where are you going to hide if you're a DB? Now, if, if first-year offensive coordinator, uh, I think his name is uh, Sean McVay. Now, this is a first-year uh, offensive coordinator. He's, he's 28 years old. If he can spread them out, if he can get four wide receivers on the field, now you open up all the running lanes for Alpha Mars, and then you add some of those wrinkles in for RG3. Now, I wouldn't say you just now make him a complete running quarterback. He has to develop and become more of a drop-back quarterback to keep him healthy. But now you have offensive weapons that you can spread the team out and you can run, run, run. Talking about hurry up and no huddle. So Deshaun Jackson gives the Washington Redskins a, a different layer to their offense than they had last year and should definitely uh, m- make some things uh, interesting. If, if you want to get into the conversation, 888-346-9144. Uh, gets you into the conversation. Uh, going back to Deshaun Jackson, uh, earlier uh, Hall of Fame wide receiver Chris Carter had some uh, words to say, and especially for his former team. And, and, and to sum it up, he, he basically said that uh, the Eagles have, for the second time, have gotten, got, gotten rid of one of their more prolific uh, wide receivers. And uh, the statement, I understand that because he was one of those guys. He had a troubled pass. Buddy Ryan was the coach. And it took for him uh, to be set down, to be cut from the team, for him to realize what he needed to do moving forward, being a marquee player. Fast forward a couple of years, great career with the Minnesota Vikings, and now he's a Hall of Famer. So could Deshaun Jackson now be that guy? You know, we don't know, but uh, in, in the world where loyalty uh, shines through. It's funny how they use it when they seem like they wanted to use it because here's something that I read. Say, well, the Eagles did not have character issues with uh, Chip Kelly when the NCAA stripped Oregon, his former team, of a scholarship for two seasons and placed a program on probation for three years for violations committed when he was the Ducks head coach. And not to mention... Uh, the Eagles did not cut ties with Riley Cooper after he was caught on camera using uh, racial slurs towards a security guard at a concert. Now, with that being said, and they say is beauty is in the eye of, of the beholder. And in this case, it, it seems that way. I mean, if Chip Kelly knew what he was inheriting and Deshaun Jackson, and if you felt that he had strong gang ties or someone called you on the phone and told you that, well, I mean, you should have dealt with that before the season even started. And if you felt that strongly about it, maybe you should have let him go during the season. But no, I mean, we milked it for whatever, for all it's worth. We got every piece of juice of play or touchdown or explosive play out of Deshaun Jackson. And only when we deemed it necessary to move on because we felt as though that's not the image that we wanted him to betray on our team or project as far as our team is concerned. We decided to cut ties, and, and now there's information about him and his uh, alleged gang affiliation. Once again, let's totally be honest and look at the situation for what it is. There are 300 teams in college football, FCS, FBS. 
And of all those players, all those teams are predominantly African-American. Now, you want to tell me that those kids did not grow up in maybe middle class or low income impoverished areas? And maybe they may have a friend or two that might be a little questionable. Yeah, absolutely. We all have those friends. Even I have those friends. But at some point, you have to break ties with those friends. And those friends have to know the lifestyle and the level of professionalism you're at at this particular point. And the best friend sometimes will tell you, listen, you're on a higher plateau. If you want to come back here and, you know, maybe we talk, we meet at the corner store and that's it. But and move along. Hey, that's fine. But let's just be totally honest about this whole situation. There are individuals right now who are listening to me online. There are individuals right now that hold positions in corporate 500 companies that have questionable friends. Questionable friends. But guess what? Those, those friends are not being broadcast. And maybe those guys are telling their friends, listen, hey, you need to hang here on the side. I need to go do my corporate thing. And while I'm doing my corporate thing, I don't need you in the way. Because if, if someone were to see me with you, I mean, that, that can hurt market share, uh, dividends, shareholders. So listen, anyone who's listening out there, no one's say, saying that, especially African-American players, no matter what sports you play, no one's saying that you can't still have the same friends that you've had when you were growing up. But just let them know, hey, I'm off doing something entirely different. Things are a little different in my lifestyle now than they were before. And we can't fraternize the way that we were. Now, I'm not forgetting the hood. I know where I came from. And the hood is still a part of me. But I can't leave the hood and still keep the hood inside of me. So always remember that. And I hope uh, much success for Deshaun Jackson. And I I hope much much success for the Washington uh, Redskins in the season. I'm, I'm really excited about the NFL season. There's a lot of players that change teams. And they're going to play against some of the teams uh, that they were on in the previous year. So it's going to make things really exciting. Uh, Coming up in the second segment, we're going to hear from Andy Walker, professional golf instructor and golfer, and and see what his thoughts are about uh, Tiger Woods and can he rebound and the possibilities of the second coming of Tigers. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to nickferkshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right, before we left, we were talking about Deshaun Jackson and I just received this uh, email, and someone said from Mark from uh, Minnesota, uh, Mark, uh, once again, thanks for listening to the show, and thanks for uh, sending in the email. Uh, he said, well, is it our fault that you know these players get into these situations? They should know good from bad. Well... I'll say this. Yeah, you know, as a player, you should know the difference between good and, good and bad, right and wrong. Yeah, you know that. But, but sometimes for some guys, it is a little difficult for them to separate themselves from the inner city culture, especially when uh, the culture itself uh, says that, well, one individual gets out of the neighborhood. One individual makes it out. So... Everyone's looking up to, to, to that guy. So it's a lot of pressure on that guy. And like I said before, a lot of that pressure comes back once that guy decides to go back home to visit his family. Now it's like, if you made it, we've all made it. And it's like, no, 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 no. We all didn't make it. You know, I was fortunate. I was blessed to given this guy given ability and put in the right situations. People believed in me. Uh, I, I did the right things on the field, academically, and it's rewarded me an opportunity to go to college, get an education, and then be blessed yet again to make it to, I guess, the holy grail of professional sports, and that's the NFL, and just gain some notoriety for, my, for myself. So, no, I, I did that. Now, I, I, once again, I big up the neighborhood. Thank you for, for instilling in me uh, the tools and the groundwork that I, I now believe, you know, I have hold this true to me as my, my fabric and, and my moral code. But at that point, what more do you owe to, to your neighborhood? Now, if you want to go back and you want to hold a certain event uh, to raise money for the local school, for the local community, that I, I encourage, I applaud any player who's come from a low-income area, even if from a middle-class area. Go back. Show these kids that there's more to life than just the neighborhood they're around. There's more to life than, uh, than gangs. And some kids flock to gangs because they feel as though that's the family structure. Let them know, you know what, that's not the end-all, be-all for you. Life has more to offer you outside of that neighborhood. And just so happen, you've been blessed to either jump high or run fast or, or catch a ball. That's nothing negative about you. You just use that 
to change your current situation, this current situation of your family and just kind of carve out a nice future for you so, so you don't have to worry about where the next meal is coming from. Now you can be that father figure that you might not have had. And that's not to say that that's the same for every kid, but let's be honest with ourselves. In the inner city, there's probably one-parent homes or maybe big mama that's grandma and, and, and grandpa who's now raising, raising the kid. But it's not the, the, the situation, scenario for every kid. But if you're given an opportunity, make the best of it. Always look forward. You know, don't, don't look in that rearview mirror of life and, and, and look back because now you won't be able to move forward. You've given ability. You've given something that some people will, would cut off their arm for, and it's an opportunity. And it doesn't make a difference how it comes, how it happens. It could be sports. It could be art. It could be music. Heck, if you want to be a rapper and that was, the, that was your way of making a better life for yourself, fine. But being a rapper is not end-all, be-all. So you're blessed to have an opportunity, go back, pull somebody else up, and help them escape their situation. Now, we're waiting on uh, Andy Walker to uh, call into the program. I definitely want to talk to him about uh, uh, Tiger Woods and uh, the slump that he's been in and the long laundry list of injuries that he has uh, undergone and see what Andy thinks about Tiger Woods' potential to rebound and could he still catch the great Jack Nicholas record as far as uh, majors? We'll, we'll, we'll wait to see. Uh, here's something on another note. Now, uh, Derek Jeter is the captain of the New York Yankees. They decided that this is his final hurrah. So as he takes a trip around the country and visit every ballpark, if you're able to get out there, get out there uh, and see him, of course. I hope you... Uh, uh, make a lot of money because if not, the price tag is going to be really heavy to see him coming around, even to some of those ballparks where the teams are not that great. But I say all that to say uh, when a player of this caliber uh, now is in his uh, final season and he decides that he, he, he's going to retire, every team in every ballpark is going to do something special for him. Uh, retire his uh, jersey, cleat, uh, some kind of uh, pre-game ceremony to send him off the proper way. Now, being that Derek Jeter is a New York Yankee, here's my question. What happens when the captain and the pinstripe Bronx Bombers go to Beantown? Will, will he get that same warm welcome by the Red Sox fans? Will they give him the standing ovation that he deserved for all his years of good service? Or are we going to see maybe or hear a couple of boos come from the Boston fans because we all know that this is a rivalry that's uh, deep-rooted and it goes a long way, even more so than, and I, had to, I thought about this, than Georgia, Georgia Tech. You know, that, that's a deep-rooted interstate, uh, in-state rival uh, within itself, but, but I don't think it, it's as deep-rooted and the level of hate is there that like it is for the Yankees and the Red Sox. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing once Jeter uh, uh, visits Red Sox and Boston and Beantown, what the reception is going to be like uh, for him. I know Big Poppy probably walk out, 
give him a round of applause. And Big Poppy might even stand on that mound and present Derek Jeter with that jersey. I don't know. I'm just being optimistic, sending out some positive vibes, hoping that happens that way because that would be great for these two organizations and I believe be great for uh, baseball uh, as well. Now, sticking with MLB, opening day was this week and uh, a lot of things took place, but the most interesting thing that took place for me was uh, Ryan Braun returned to Milwaukee and when he walked out of the dugout, it was a standing ovation. There was, everyone was standing up. And, and, and not, once again, I asked this question. You know, I know we like to put our athletes on a pedestal. And some fans really don't care if a guy's cheating or not. Uh, you know, did, did he hit 70 home runs that, that, that year? And how he got that accomplished? Did he use PEDs where another guy might not have uh, probably hit 50 home runs? And it was all natural. So, so it, it makes you wondering. And the thing is, how forgiving our fans and do fans really care about you know cheating scandals things off the field uh peds uh do people really care about that uh we got Darf on the line from atlanta uh let's see what Darf uh, has to say Darf, you're on with nick ferguson hey man, how are you today i'm doing well how about yourself i'm good man uh as far as the red sox and the Derek jeter situation I mean, come on, how how do you bring yourself to boo this guy? Regardless of it being a rivalry, like you said, this guy has been clean. You never had to worry about him with PEDs and all those things. I mean, you have to give the guy a standing ovation. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they gave Mariano Rivera one. Well, 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 yeah, I mean, it was the same thing for him, but now you're talking about Rivera, and then you're talking about Derek, Derek, Derek Jeter. So there, there's a possibility. You never know what's going to happen on any, any given day. You might catch some of the Boston fans in a bad mood, and it just might not be that day. And they say, well, you know what? But, but, but think about it. You give Mariano Rivera a stand and and not Derek Jeter. If anything, you would think, I would hate Mariano Rivera more then I would hate Jeter specifically because how many games have he closed out on us? <laughs> you know? I mean, <laughs> not that Derek Jeter didn't have big moments, but, I mean, I just think out of respect for Derek Jeter, they give him a standing O, but probably during the course of the game, they may boo him a little bit. Well, you know what, they, 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 they might, but I th- hopefully hopefully they don't, they don't do that. Hopefully they embrace the fact of what Derek Jeter means to Major League Baseball. Uh, and, and I don't want to say he's the face of baseball, but uh, every once in a while you have a player, whether it's basketball or baseball, that, that really builds up that, that, you know, that, that whole sport within the seven. I like to believe that Derek Jeter is that caliber player. So hopefully the Boston fans send him out the right way. Now that I have you on the line, let me ask you a quick question about this. Sure. What is your take on this whole Deshaun Jackson uh, situation real quickly? Well, to be honest with you, I mean, as far as the gang affiliation, sometimes, like you discussed earlier, sometimes you're in a situation where these guys have been looked after for their whole high school, well, honestly, from Pop Warner, probably all the way through college. And like you said, in the gang gang environment, sometimes they give you that pass that you were talking about because they see that you're probably going to be the one to 
to succeed. However, the flip side of it is they can hold that against you as well because, you know, even though you've succeeded and moved on, what about, the, you know, your family there? You know, they start to feel like you owe them a little favor, so in a sense they might start, you know, holding that against the rest of your family members that's in that, uh, in that neighborhood. And I just hope it's not the case where it is the gang violence or him being associated with the gang. I'm just hoping for some odd reason that this kind of, you know, get brushed off in the past and the young fella could go on and finish his career, in which I think he's going to have a great year with the Washington Redskins. Well, well, well let me, let me I, I see, you know, you're from the Atlanta area, and, and here's a question I have for you. And we're going to get into a little NBA talk a little later, but uh, let, me, let me just kind of get into it a little early. When you look at the Atlanta Hawks that are chasing – well, I, I, I want to say, well, well, yeah, let's just say that they're chasing the New York Knicks because they had a one-game lead. They lost last night. Uh, the Knicks blew out Brooklyn Nets. So, so when you look at that team and you hear an organization from top to bottom, from Danny Ferry to the head coach to some of the players say, listen, we're not really concerned about getting to the playoffs. We know that uh, we might be the eighth seed, and, and history might tell us that the eighth seed doesn't do too well against the one seed. We're, we're in a rebuilding stage. Why even get to the to the playoffs? So when you hear the uh, the top brass say this, the, he- the head coach saying this, and, and some of the players, what, what, what does that make you think as a fan about the organization as a whole? I mean, it's ridiculous to even have that type of mindset. Anytime you're able to make the playoffs, you should count your blessings. It's not like you got these all-star players on your team. That's right. going to take you over the edge. I mean, you have Al Horford out. And, I mean, the way these guys have been playing earlier in the year, to me it seemed like they were doing well. And But for the, the GM and everyone else that seem to, seem to think this is a rebuilding year, it kind right. of – Blows me away because you got Cal Corver, you have Millsap, you have guys on that team that's been in the league long enough and know how meaningful it is to make the playoffs. And so for you to just sit up there and want to throw the season away, I mean, as a fan, that not makes me not want to go to the game. Well, I tell you what, I mean, it seems like the Hawks had threw the season away a long time ago, and just the fact of saying that it's not a big concern, it's not a top priority at this point, says a lot about the organization. And when you look at the fact of Atlanta sports as a whole, I mean, everyone is still clinging on that 1995 uh, pennant that the Braves won, but, you know, the Hawks haven't done anything and they haven't been relevant. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons had a sensational year two years ago, but we saw what happened to that team this past season when they fell apart. Maybe now with the additions that they've made on the offensive line, adding Devin Hester, now they can get themselves back into the conversation. But this seems like it is the overall thought process of the city of Atlanta and their professional teams. They're just accepting mediocrity, and it seems to be okay. And that's the reason why no star wants to come back to Atlanta. And you would think you would be doing everything you possibly can to get in the playoffs and prove your worth with all the guys that could possibly be free agents this year. When you're talking about a LeBron, a D-Wade, a Chris Bosh, a Carmelo Anthony, and all, you know, and so on and so on. So for me, outside looking in, if I'm a star, Atlanta's not even on the list of destinations I would like to, you know, even entertain because you're already showing us you don't have you have a you don't have a winning mentality because you're already giving up on the season and you're in or battling for the last playoff spot. 
Right. Well, D- well Darif, uh thank you for, for calling in, man. Thank you for, for listening in to the show. Appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me. Man. You have a good day. So, so, so there it is. I mean, looking at NBA and what it is, and, and just pro- being a professional as a whole, you want to win every game that you play in. Yeah, and it might be a long season, and, and it might be, you know, unrealistic to think that you can win every possible game. But you at least want to go into that game with that mentality. We're going to win because when you don't, you send the wrong message, and then you have young players. They come into the organization thinking, well, I guess this is the way uh, we have to think. This is what being a professional is all about. You know, we don't have to win every game, so, so why not? So let's just accept mediocrity. And, and, and that caller, Darif, was just talking about the fact of saying, when you look at what the Atlanta sports teams have been for the past couple of years, it, it just seems as though that has been the culture of the organization, of the fan base. But as fans, I mean, you're going to the team. You're going to these stadiums. You're sitting on the field, the 50-yard line. You're sitting in these luxury boxes. You should demand more for your team. I mean, you're paying, you know, big dollars for parking, merchandising, and concessions. So, I mean, you come out and support these guys. You buy their apparel. So maybe the organization from top to bottom should think about putting a, a well-to-do product, something I can be proud of when I walk around with maybe the New York Knicks on my, sh- on my shirt or maybe the, the Atlanta Hawks so I can be proud. I don't want to have to put tape on my shirt or wear a bag on my, on my hair, but it just seems as though is this what we're starting to see from you know, professional franchises where it really doesn't matter? Right now it doesn't matter. Fans, I mean, do you really accept that? I won't accept that. So um, uh, coming up after the break, we're going to talk to uh, Andy, uh, Andy Walker, get his take on uh, the state of golf, uh, Tiger Woods, and talk a little bit about these young guns and, and golf. And, you know, is it time has passed for Tiger? Who knows? We'll talk to Andy Walker on the other side of this break. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you're looking for a show that takes you through the process of becoming a successful college athlete, you'll want to tune into Get It Done Sports Radio with host Karif Bird. You'll find out about the how-tos of getting to the next level and the do's and don'ts when preparing for college athletics. It's a complete inside look at what's turning out the next generation of players. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. 
formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickferkshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're going to get uh, Andy Walker back on uh, the horn very shortly and, and see what he thinks about uh, Tiger Wood and, and his potential to reclaim uh, his old glory. Uh, seems like we have Andy on. Andy, how's it going? Good. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine. Now, now Andy, I mean, you're a professional golfer. You played for, uh, for years, and when you look at uh, Tiger Woods being 38 years old, and he sustained a lot of uh, injuries. And the fact that he hasn't won a major since 2008, what do you think, in, in your personal opinion, of uh, Tiger with the great Tiger Woods uh, regaining his old form and possibly catching the great Jack Nicholas record? You know what? I think I don't think Tiger's back is what's going to keep him from, uh, from you know, getting those four more majors. Um, okay. Yeah, I think you know through, through the whole scandal he went to mm-hmm. when he apologized. That was the worst thing he could ever have done. You know, he he, he humanized himself too much to everyone in the golf world, and, and that fear factor, that intimidation factor that Tiger had, that uh, you know, that aura that he had is gone. I mean, guys don't fear him anymore. I mean, they guys want to go up against Tiger now just to show how how bad they can beat him. And and before it wasn't like that at all. I mean, if Tiger was on the leaderboard, everyone automatically started making bogeys and doubles. Now it's kind of, you know, they, they relish the fact that they want to go up against him and beat him head to head. So, you know, and, and it all came down from when, when he stood in front of the world with that, that apology and, you know, everyone, you know, he didn't have to apologize. The so only you person he had to apologize to was his wife. But I don't so think everyone else, he didn't have to answer questions to anyone else. So, so, so you think because he apologized that that showed a softer, weaker side of Tiger maybe... He shouldn't have apologized openly to anyone. Well, he, I, I didn't. I mean, obviously, you know, his wife and, and everyone in his circle, he needed to answer some questions too. But, you know, Tiger was a little different athlete than anybody. I think they called him, you know, the Michael Jordan of golf. I don't think Michael Jordan was as near as good in his sport as Tiger was in his. I mean, Tiger is by far the best golfer to ever lace up in a golf shoe. And, um, and the intimidation factor, I mean, we're the same age, and I've known him since we we're, you know, six, seven years old. Right, he is—he's on another level. I mean, he's look how many golf. He's got guys won over hundred golf tournaments, all these majors. Um, he's been doing this since he was four or five years old, winning junior world championships, NCAA championships. You know, three U.S. amateurs, three junior ams. So um, everything that he did through his whole career. You know, players. A lot of great players in other sports have played great for a period of time. Tiger's been nothing but great, and so he never had a time of struggle. 
he didn't know how to be mediocre. He didn't know second place. But when, you know, I heard a great, a great saying by Brando Shambly one time, which everyone knows that Brando and Tiger have their little riff, but um, Brando said that Tiger won a U.S. Open with a broken knee, and he hasn't mm-hmm. contended in one with a broken mind. And, oh. you know, and, and that, was, that was a pretty poignant statement when he said that, and something that kind of stuck with me, and it's true. I mean, Tiger doesn't have that. He doesn't, you know, I think he's, he's, he's really back to being Eldrick again. He's not a Tiger anymore. And, um, and so, you know, I think that's going to be the toughest hurdle for him to get is, is that intimidation factor is gone. And that was, you know, he was two, three shots, shots on the field in every major championship before he picked it in the ground the first day. So, you know, with that being gone and these young kids not fearing him, you know, I think that's going to be a, that's going to be the biggest hurdle he has to, to overcome. Now, you just mentioned, you know, some of the younger players. I mean, you got Patrick Reed, Jason Day, uh, Rory McElroy. A lot of these young guns are gunning for that number one spot. And, and that's one I, what I always think about because usually you hear uh, Tiger's name, and that, that was the biggest draw. They got people out to the Masters, even got inner city kids not starting to pick up uh, clubs. But how do these young guns now change the factor of, of what we could possibly see for the PGA moving forward? Well, you know, I think that goes back to the, the, the Tiger thing as well. I mean, these kids all grew up, um, you know, idolizing Tiger and wanting to be like him and working hard as they can to get to that level. And when they get there, you know, they all started popping up right around the apology time. And um, and so they didn't have to play. If, if those kids had to play against Tiger 2000, you wouldn't yeah. mention those names because they wouldn't be out there. Right. That they wouldn't have that that factor. I mean, you know, Patrick Reed, you know, says that he's, you know, he feels he's a top five player in the world, and he's playing like it. And these kids believe it, and they're so confident out there. So you got, you know, Harris English. I mean, this kid is just flat pure, and Jordan Spieth. I mean, this kid's a stud. You know, he'll be on the next Ryder Cup team um, at what's he twenty years old, maybe? Yeah. Um, you know, Billy Horschel out there winning golf tournaments, just like you know, Matt mentioned with Patrick Reed has won a couple times lately. Um, Billy Hurley, all these guys are out there. You know. Um, you know, really on that next level. So for them, they don't fear any of the, the veterans out there. And, um, you know, and I don't know if it is, you know, it goes into a couple different, you know, things. I think in the way that the kids were prepared and they're mm-hmm. growing up now with a lot more mental preparation and they don't come out there with the, a rookie mentality. They come out there to win. It seemed like before rookies came out to get their feet wet and get comfortable. Now the kids come out of college, you know, winning tournaments their first year out of college. So it's a, uh, you know, the, the new wave is, is definitely here, and they're, they're making a statement. And uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see, a, you know, a young gun, one of those guys contend at the Masters, you know, if not win it. If you just joined the program, we're talking to uh, golf professional Andy Walker, coach of the South Mountain Community uh, of College. We'll talk to him in a second about uh, that team. But, Andy, if, if, if let's just say Tiger comes back and he – doesn't tie or eclipse Jack's record. Does that take anything away from uh, his his legacy as a player? Um, if it does, it's because he made it a big deal. Mm-hmm. To me, if he doesn't win another golf tournament as long as he lives, there'll never be a player like Tiger. And so, um, you know, but, you know, he made that goal and he made that statement. And I think, you know, I mean, it's just like in every other sport. I mean, you guys are just talking about um, you know, what, what happened over in Philadelphia and right. and, and Deshaun and stuff. And I mean, there, there's going to be haters everywhere. 
and um, and there's going to be Tiger haters. There's going to be guys that like him and, and support. Um, I think that the, the haters are going to look for a reason for him to, to, to look as a failure or he didn't accomplish something. Um, in my estimation, uh, I, I've played with the guy. I mean, Tiger is, is, is unreal. I mean, the things he can do on a golf course, not physically, but mentally the way he was. You know, there, there's never anyone that's going to have that type of, you know, feel. And they've been looking for it and looking for it. And every couple of years, someone comes out, they're like, is this the next Tiger? Is this the next Tiger? No. There's guys that are going to win their one golf tournament. Well, a little technical difficulties. We think we probably lost uh, Andy. Hopefully, uh, we'll get him uh, back on. We'll get him back on in just a second. Uh, I really do think that when we watch uh, golf, and I know for me, uh, I never play golf. I drive a mean golf cart, but that, that's the closest I, I get to it. But, but Tiger Woods changed the face of a golf. Uh, he, Sorry about that. Had, he, he has more people uh, coming back to golf. We got Andy on. Andy, thank you for uh, coming back on. Uh, yeah. be- before I let you go, I want to talk to you about, about something. Uh, you're coaching mm-hmm. at South Mountain uh, Community College, and they happen to be ranked uh, number one. That's right, number one in National Junior College Athletic Association. Talk to us a little bit about that and how you kind of uh, help make that team a number one ranked team. I guess we must have lost lost him again. I guess that's the uh, that's technology, ladies and gentlemen. Technology. Sometimes it works for you, and sometimes uh, it, it it doesn't. But uh, I'll just finish off on, on Tiger Woods. Uh, he changed the game of golf, and he made some of these, as I would call it, these puffy guys who normally didn't train in the offseason and get themselves prepared for uh, the, the long, tedious uh, PGA tours and tournaments around the country. Tiger changed those things. We're going to try one more time, Nick. All right. Okay, we'll try, try again. Uh, so, so go ahead and elaborate on the fact of how you, you, know, you, you helped this, this program become number one well like i said we, we've been uh, the number one ranked team all year and, and we're the defending national champions and uh um it, i think it goes back into preparation as we talk about tiger and a lot of these other guys being injured is i think people are getting away from just playing golf and learning how to score and how to work the ball and get the ball in the hole and you know stay patient and everyone's going into so many um physical mechanics that they're really ruining these players backs and and injuring these players quite a bit. I mean, you know, I'm into biomechanics a little bit, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's just playing golf, and I think that's what our team is doing really well this this uh, semester and this spring is, is we just got back to playing a lot of golf and not working so much on mechanics and not working so much on technique, but working a lot on, on scoring the ball. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a fun team to be a part of right now. Well, Andy, thank you for uh, joining uh, the program, man, and uh, maybe we can get you back on the show to talk a little bit about the uh, Masters. Uh, appreciate it, and I love what you're doing with that team. So keep up the good work. Thanks. I appreciate it, Nick. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you. So, uh, uh, Justin, uh, help me out a little here for a second. Now, uh, I don't know about you. This year I didn't do a bracket. And the reason I didn't do a bracket because there's always some Cinderella team that, that, that wins a game that they shouldn't win, and the whole bracket is uh, destroyed. Now, uh, this upcoming weekend, we have a couple of teams facing off against one another. We have number one, Florida, versus number seven, Connecticut. Uh, number two ranked, 
Wisconsin versus number eight ranked Kentucky Wildcats. Now, who are you taking in those games? You know, <laughs> that is who was the, who was the first one you said? I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't catch the first one. Flo- you got Florida versus UConn, and then you got Wisconsin versus Kentucky. Florida and then Kentucky. Be, I mean, that that's my guess at this point. So so would you say? So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. I know everyone build the SEC up as being this great football conference. Now we're going to see two SEC basketball teams play for the national championship. Uh, uh, it, it sounds great for ba- for for basketball, but 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 for a good friend of mine, Byron Chamberlain, because I don't want to give him credit. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, I, I I really don't. Now, of course, this weekend I don't know what your plans are this weekend, but of course, the summer blockbusters are, are always what everyone looks forward to. This oh, yeah. this this tomorrow opens up uh, Captain America. Winter Soldier. I don't know if you were a comic book oh, head like I, like me. I am a I am a big comic book fan. I gotta say, I've seen I've seen all the Marvel movies out so far. So I'm I'm actually looking forward to seeing that tomorrow. Oh, you're looking forward to seeing it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come uh, on, the Winter Soldier, man. I, if you ever read the comics, you know it's good. Yeah, I love it. Now, now, if if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? Any superhero. Any superhero. I'd have to say Iron Man because that he, I mean, he first of all, he's rich. <laughs> and then he a You're smart, you build. I mean, I, Iron Man, I think I would have to go with. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you this uh, my guy has no uh, superhuman abilities, and I like Batman. And the reason why I like Batman, one, just like you said with Tony Starks, he, he's rich, he's a billionaire, he, he wears a suit, yeah. he, come, he comes out at night, and he scares the crap out of people. And, and also, he has all these gadgets. I mean, he's he's like Mister Go Go Gadget, you know, Batman Boomerang. Yep. So so I, I love uh, Batman. Uh, I want to thank uh, Andy Walker for joining the show. Uh, thank uh, all, all all the people who are listening, Darren for in Atlanta for calling in, uh, uh, Mike for sending in that email, and Justin as always for working the boards, and finally stepping from behind the board. And hopping on the mic with me. Appreciate it. I look forward to Winter Soldier. And this weekend, March Madness wraps up. I hope your favorite teams find a way. I don't want to see two SEC teams play for the championship. But uh, if that happens, it'd be great for, for, for basketball. And I know Byron, Byron Chamberlain is somewhere out there coaching in China, hoping that it happens. So it's been a great show. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. And once again, as always, do not take any wooden coins. It's Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective. See you next week. Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week. 